Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Drama Geek. I'm Kay Mears. And today, I'm Mr. Drama Geek. <laughs> Be sure to come check out our exclusive content available through Patreon. If you want some more fun drama-filled discussion, come join us as we have new episodes available just for our Patreon supporters. We'll include the link in our show notes. Another way to spread the kimchi love is to go over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and review. We really appreciate it. Okay, so I'm new to this whole podcast with these fantastic ladies things and I'm usually behind the scenes messing with the computer but today i get to intro what we're doing which is talking about the movie parasite which is fantastic now if you have not seen this movie we decided a moment ago that there's really no good way to discuss this movie without just a ton of spoilers so fair warning the spoilers are going to be constant and we're just going to be talking about it. And if you haven't seen it, stop right now, go enjoy this movie and then enjoy the conversation. So, yeah. So as usual, we go into our reviews of dramas and movies and we kind of say what we are thinking about the show before we actually saw it. Um, so I think this is as usual, a good place to start. Um, Pretty much I knew that this was the big Korean movie this year. You know, last year it was Burning, this year it was Parasite, and it just exploded on the internet. Um, so I, I didn't know a lot going into what it was about, but I was like, eh, it's the thing, we have to go, like, see it. So that's kind of where I came into it. For me, um, I knew, again, I knew it was big, I knew it had gone to uh, the Cannes Festival and it was um, it got an award so I knew that much but I also know that that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to watch something because like with Burning I've never seen it and I know I don't want to see it but I had heard that um, the uh, commentary on um, the socioeconomic all that kind of stuff although I was kind of expecting a little bit more Sky Castle and so when we when the movie started and everything I was like okay, this is going to be a little bit different. So um, my expectation was a, a lot different than what the movie was, but in a good way. So, Yeah, so I, of course, came at this from a totally different angle. I listened to um, these wonderful ladies talk about K-dramas all the time, but I actually don't watch that many of them. I watch a couple, um, but... You know, I'm not averse to them, but I don't seek them out most of the time. And I came at this from a totally different perspective. I was listening to like NPR, as I do a lot, and uh, I was hearing an interview from the director about it. And it was it, they managed a spoiler-free interview, um, and he was talking about the the history of the underground semi-underground basement bunkers uh, mm. transition to apartments and how that was part of the film and they didn't get too much more into that they did talk a little bit about income inequality and of course that was enough for me to be like "Ooh, i really want to see this but the way they were describing the film i was really unsure of what the story was mm -hmm. so much as like the the scenery and the characters uh, a little bit and their status in in uh in the social structures and so what 
struck me was I thought it was going to be a bit more of like a like a Korean take on like Wolf of Wall Street Chable style. Mm. I totally did not expect it to be what it was, but I was really glad that they hit all of those types of themes while not being like a Wolf of Wall Street Chable style because I feel like that would would have almost celebrated uh, that portion of culture right now, which already in both America and in South Korea is both under fire, but also still really praised and celebrated and like looked at as like the thing to do and thing to be. And so I think, feel like they did that in a way that, that stripped away, um, any, uh, any false, like, uh, praise and, and, you know, worthiness of that status. Right. The other thing to note about this one is that um, the amount, like the release of how many movie theaters and stuff it's, it is in versus some of the other movies and then how much that it has um, garnered worldwide for the um, ticket sales and everything that it is probably because it is end up on NPR, which you could tell from the crowd at the theater that we went to. Yeah, that we was had to line very up. different. <laughs> we had to line up and I'm like, what is going on? And like then, a block and a half down, we were in the line. Yeah, which I mean, it, it, the theater that we attended, because there's that other ones, but the theater we attended tends to be one that they show more of the art films and that kind of stuff. But it was the crowd was definitely it was definitely an NPR. art film crowd <laughs> and was, not like your Asian Mike was in there, theater like, crowd. When it, yeah, when KVUs and I go, it tends to be we're the white kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which again in this line, it was the opposite. It was like where the Asian people go. Which again, like I mean, a few, it was where we were, um, yeah. where we were seeing the movie. being closer to yeah. downtown, so on and so on. We got tickets, and then it opened up in a bunch of other theaters. Like yeah. so, we. We got tickets to one of the smaller ones. So, um, so did the movie surprise me at all? And uh, because I went in thinking it was going to be Sky Castle, which Mike doesn't, or uh, Mr. Drama Geek, <laughs> doesn't know exactly what St- Sky Castle ha, is you know more, my real name. <laughs> is more of the, um, uh, the, you seeing the struggle and all this stuff that uh, rich families go through to put their kid, get their kids into school and how like ruthless they can be and all that kind of stuff. So that was my expectation. And then we start out and we're following this poor family who ends up uh, duping a rich family. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is completely different than what I was expecting. But the surprise really happens because it's a very, it's a slow buildup of the commentary of what they're kind of trying to say. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it turns into like misery. <laughs> and it was like, what? Okay. I didn't know it was going to be this like murder, like shut people in the basement type of thing. So that definitely but That's it was in right. a good way. It was it's not like <laughs> in a bad people way. People in the basement. It was in a good way. <laughs> yes, no, no, there's I mean, a good way to do that. The comedy with yes. the yeah, horror it was really dark, well. Dark uh, comedy horror, and then it, again, I don't. Family, because that's again, I think that's one of the things that I've always liked about the dramas and movies and stuff is there, even amid all of this social commentary and all this other stuff, you still have like the family aspect of it, of both the rich family and the poor family. And so there's a lot of family things that are coming into play 
And so it doesn't feel as like everybody's jaded and I didn't like anybody. It was, that was the, that's the nice part about it is even though everybody was not white as snow, uh, I still liked and, and was able to connect with everybody that was in the film. So, Yeah, everybody was was likable and <clears throat> and terrible at the same time, like all of them. They yeah. were all awful people and they were all wonderful people. Right. Maybe um, except for the little kid. The little kid was. Yeah, the kid kid's pretty innocent. <laughs> but even even he was portrayed as like a spastic little devil he, initially. Yes. So yes. like yeah. the, out the of control. Mom so even he was. But get away with whatever he wants. Yeah. That has more, yeah, more to do with parenting than not. Um, okay, so. What are you what surprised, surprised by? Yeah, so uh, I was surprised by pretty much the whole thing in that that. I didn't expect it to be like like uh, Drama Geek was saying a a poor family infiltrating a rich family's life um, and then somehow managing to take it over and ruin it. Um, what I will say is that um, in I was discussing this with a friend at work. It kind of reminds me in a very loose, not connected plot wise at all, um, of the movie Snatch. In that Snatch starts you out kind of, you, if you saw it for the first time without any real warning, you don't really know what's going on. You've got all these where weird is it headed? points yeah, and you're, you're like, where is this Which, by the way, going? I've never seen, I think I've saw 10 and minutes of Snatch and then it's, <laughs> And then all of a sudden by the end, everything gets wrapped together and all the plot points uh, come together in this really weird way. But it also had a similar tone in that the whole movie is really funny and really dark mm-hmm. and really messed up all at the same time so those things kind of surprised me and and so those both those movies parasite and snatch i totally love um and uh the other thing i think that surprised me was how it all fell apart Mm. like the 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 build-up by about halfway through the movie these this con artist family who has you know pass themselves off as highly skilled labor, even though they possess the skills, have zero accreditation for that high, high skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop to, for them to be outed and exposed somehow. Like the entire movie, you're like, something's going to go wrong. Something's right. going to go wrong. And, and you get so deep into it and you keep waiting for the shoe to drop that by the time some of the shoes that start to drop do, you're like, that is not what I expected to ruin them right (laughs) i did not expect basement husband and like and and psycho wife to to show back up and like unravel everything and you did not like the one thing you do expect is this camping trip is not going to go well right um but other (laughs) than that like there were just so many twists and turns that you know drama geek is like the worst person to go to movies with because she's like I already I guess that I saw it coming she consumes so much media and books and writes and this and that 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 her brain is just wired to be like oh yeah I already I I know everything that's happening before it happened because of the foreshadowing but I feel like this was one that even she probably had a hard time going where are we headed right yeah no I didn't it was great I did not expect the uh the door that led to the downstairs and everything that follows after that, I could not have seen that coming. Yeah. And it was, I was happy that it couldn't see it coming. So. Um, I have to agree with you guys. Uh, probably the humor, especially in the first half was 
what surprised me, I did know this was supposed to be a black comedy, so mm-hmm. I was expecting it to go dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting so many humorous plot points that were almost lighthearted, um, like, cons mm-hmm. to happen before it went dark. And so every single, like, it's for the whole show, I'm just like, okay, when's someone going to die? Because I know <laughs> this goes dark, and that's usually what that means, you right. know? And a lot of the director did a great job with kind of hinting at that for hinting what was to come because he would use camera angles of looking outside into like a pitch dark area. And you almost expected someone to show up in the window. Yeah. You know, there was all these it just there was this tenseness that the director managed to keep even through all these humorous moments or like a little side comment like, oh, well, you think the um the chauffeur that we got fired is has another job and is happy somewhere, right? So I almost expected, okay, well, the chauffeur is going to show up and be evil. <laughs> you know, they gave right, all these little right. teeny red herrings. They weren't mm-hmm. huge, but they were little teeny offshoot comments that you were all like, okay, is that where we're going? Where are we going with this? And I really enjoyed how they kind of played the audience, mm-hmm. uh, just with the humor and with the dark parts to come um you could tell they were definitely playing on expectations and then changing things up and so that was very surprising i wasn't expecting that to be so well crafted well and that's what with the family the um the family infiltrates the rich house like the their humor and the lighter side of them and then you know i was i didn't really feel bad for the rich family and I was rooting for them and I was just like, Hey, yeah, this is, I mean, they, they're kind of getting what they deserve by being so like trusting and not necessarily getting what they deserve, but no, it was just done in a way where you were, it was funny and it was fun to watch them dupe them. Like it was fun to see what more could they, they convince this family to do. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well maybe I don't want (laughs) the family to succeed in what they're doing i almost half expected for it to be one of those where they kill the rich family and take over the house (laughs) you know it was (laughs) at that right at one point that went through my mind and it's kind of sad because the rich family wasn't your total evil shable right they had kittens and stabbing things kind of family they were they were very humanized so they had their points of like you know the wife was just kind of dim and and didn't believe you know didn't really think past uh, you know what was in front of her most of the time and the dad wasn't as bad as we have seen before so he you know he wasn't that bad but he still wasn't like it was a it was a subtle and it was sometimes a very quick shift and it um i think we were talking about this after the movie got over but it was it's definitely one of those it's easy, a lot of a business person who you're dealing with all the time, they can be very nice and cordial and you really like it. Then all of a sudden, that little switch of, you know, where you can see that he felt like he was better than the chauffeur and just those Agreed. little, little talking about the way he smelled and just those little things It made mm-hmm. him where he was a normal person who wasn't like mean all the time and shouting and everything, but you could still see it. You know, you could still see it with them. So, well, and I think it was great because it seems like that's more of a realistic, yeah, example mm-hmm. of how there's just differences and people just don't see life the same way, mm-hmm. or they, you know, they 
it it definitely felt more humanized on the problems with an economic divide. Oh yeah, everybody so. kind of was you know in various philosophies in life people talk about conditioning and playing out the role that you are conditioned to understand and everybody had like the characters were fleshed out so well that you could see the the lifelong process of of conditioning a mindset and a and a role and a social uh, hierarchy that everybody was just kind of playing their part and no one was inherently good or bad although I will argue later, and I think some of the other topics might hit this better, but that the dad is probably the least redeemable of all of the characters. The, the, the rich dad, that the, is. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah. you know, either way. But I guess this is a good spot to kind of move on. My question uh, on the, the itinerary is how did the movie <laughs> express differences between the rich and the poor families? So... um I would say, how did they not cover it? Because there's they right. really like nailed it and made the differences. Not um, they they avoided making caricatures mm-hmm. of the rich and the poor, but really made very fleshed out, um, uh, um, relatable uh, characters in both the rich and the poor families. You could easily relate to the dim-witted poor mom who was just doing her best to keep the house together, uh, especially when she finally had to do some dishes and like just was struggling with the dishwasher and the cooking and was like, oh my the God. The mom, the rich mom, you yeah, said poor. Mom. You said poor Did mom I? and I'm like, the okay. poor mom Other wasn't dim-witted. <laughs> poor mom was, was super clever. Um, and I think that, that – um, it was such a great commentary on income inequality and the injustice of just um, luck in life and mm. the way, and the role that that pure dumb luck plays in in everyone's life. You know, we we want to believe, you know, South Korea, the United States, we both have this like deep ingrained meritocracy in our in our social narrative. If you work hard enough, if you try hard, you will succeed. Mm-hmm. And and this movie really highlighted that that there is a major element of luck in people's lives that no matter how hard you work, if things don't work out, they don't work out. The the poor mom was um, an Olympic athlete or at least a, a national athlete. I couldn't remember based off the medal, but she had a silver medal for hammer throw. You know, she even shows it off when she's in the middle of the yard in the rich family's house and flings the hammer and breaks somebody's window. And I loved it. Um, but like. She had great success as a young person, but that success did not translate into success as a as an adult. Um, similarly, the dad, the the, the younger, uh, the son uh, of the poor family, just uh, uh, was brilliant at English and various other aspects, but didn't feel like he could afford college. Couldn't couldn't earn his way into well, college. He had taken the exam a couple of times, he and one blew of the, it on some tests. Well, but that's the whole thing. And then because I've seen recently some of the questions, and they're English questions on the Korean entrance exam, like the test yeah. that you take to be able to get in, and it's like it's set up to where unless you have the money mm-hmm. for the tutors to really be able to uh, get those questions and things. A lot of times you are taking the exam several times and not getting in. So yeah. even though he's smart enough to to 
be in college and be able to do all those things. It was, it was out of his reach. So, you know, and, and same with, you know, art school daughter, you know, was highly skilled in, in the visual arts and up down to forgering (laughs) documents and so on, (laughs) but, but her skills couldn't translate, um, just out of luck to, to an education that got her, you know, what, what she could do. And then similarly, the rich family, um, the dad was a, a high level manager, like Mm -hmm. marketing did all this stuff for a tech company, but throughout the entire film, you do not see him express any inherent knowledge about technology or about anything. He, he was a manager, but he wasn't particularly that smart and the the wife was sadly just a trophy wife mm-hmm. and and very much played that role um you know so they weren't so overqualified that they're they earned their way into the rich social structure they just they just landed there mm-hmm. um due to you know upbringing family relationships connections whatever you know it's all implied in the film not explicitly out there but but i guess my point is that that everything from the clothes they wore, the the places they lived, the smell on on themselves, right. the the food they ate, the everything was even was what? <clears throat> how does a major rainstorm affect you versus? Yeah, absolutely. People downstream. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was <laughs> and, a huge know. theme throughout the throughout the movie, and the the idea of they held a party the next day. Yeah, and everything <laughs> so. was was pristine and clean and pretty and and you know, freshly bright and green from right. the, the fresh rain and, and everyone at the very bottom rungs, literally, of mm-hmm. that society were still, you know, up to their armpits in poop water. Right. You know, um, trying to, to survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we've talked enough. Sorry. <laughs> what about you, Cave Muse? <laughs> I just have to agree. Um, I really did love that last... Towards the end of the show, there's a scene where they had the major rain. Mm-hmm. And in their house, it was some magical rain where their son was out in a teepee mm-hmm. being yeah. an entitled brat like he is. <laughs> and they, you know, stare off and stuff. And um, But the poor family, their house is destroyed. The whole area they live in is destroyed. And you have to also understand these people don't have insurance. No. They don't have any way of replacing what they've lost mm-hmm. or getting back on their feet. You mm-hmm. know, this is really a horrible situation. And the next day they're expected to be at the beck and call of the rich family again, cause they want to do an impromptu party right. for their son after sleeping um, in a gym. Yeah, exactly. And you know that if they had said we had this tragedy, it wouldn't have gone over well. Right. Yeah. You know, they can't say, Oh, well we were just, just lost everything. Oh, well, but my son needs his birthday party. Yeah. You know, it, it was very interesting. I think at that point, you definitely saw the differences between the family situation the best. Because, again, they humanize them. So you see a lot of people that you don't hate. Right. Yeah. But yeah. you see the bad situation of their differences right there. Mm-hmm. And I really liked how it kind of led all up to that. Mm-hmm. And then it goes crazy. But that was the pinnacle moment of the social situation, right. I think. I think uh, one of my favorite scenes, and um, I was thinking about how the difference of directing people in movies versus um, in dramas, 
and um, Park Sodam, she's the one, she's the daughter and the art person who's good at forgery. <clears throat> and I like her, but I'm not always like really drawn in by her characters that she's playing. And like her character in the movie is completely opposite from what she normally plays. Like, you know, normally their char- her characters are sweet and innocent and um, that the poor family used the F word more. They think I, I, they might've been exclusively the ones using it in the film, but like they were all very, it was just that, yeah, that the language choice the language, definitely showed the class as well. The cla- right. But one of the most powerful scenes for her is when she's sitting on a toilet that is spewing poop water underneath her and she's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> she's just like, it's Whatever. Like, this is how bad it is. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just going to smoke my cigarette. Yeah. I'm going to sit in the poop water. It's that F my life moment, but yeah. with like, with a certain amount of like grace and dignity she, to it Exactly. Too. Yeah. She was, she, she didn't look defeated. No. She didn't look like hunched over. She was just sitting there. She was going to have her cigarette and then they were just going to deal with whatever they had to deal with and move on with her life because that's just what you do. Mm-hmm. So I think similarly, I think one of my not favorite moments, this is going to sound bad because it was the most probably explicit sexual moment, but I feel like it spoke to the characters really well too, was the, the moment where the kids out in the teepee and the dad of the rich family is, is, you know, making sexual advances on his wife in the middle of the living room in plain view of God and everyone just about with the way the house was designed. Mm. And, you know, she passes it off, tries to dismiss him at first. And then of course he persists and they end up having a a sexual encounter. But what was really apparent in that scenario was everybody had a price to pay to be in that house. And, and the trophy wife, like, no, I'm in control of you kind of creepy, uh, Uh, sexuality of the dad um was sadly her price to pay that she she couldn't do dishes she couldn't do laundry she couldn't cook a a meal she was struggling in everything she wasn't particularly smart but she was beautiful and and being at his beck and call was was her price to pay and that's that's not acceptable it's not good um but the film really did a good job of highlighting that for some people that's the price for success, and it's really sad. Mm-hmm. So, was the rich family really that bad? Um, I I think again, once again, they definitely humanized them. There was good and bad. Um, as Mister Drama Geek's going to point out, the the rich dad definitely had some negatives that weren't apparent with the rest of his family. Um, I think. The rest of his family was somewhat innocent to an extent. Um, I think the most like the dad is possibly the daughter because she definitely was using yeah, uh, her, uh, the boy. Yeah. I would say her. boys because I would say even Park Sojun's character when he's describing their relationship, it's almost it's the, exact the exact same word. Same. So yes. I think she did the same thing to him. So she she's taking a trip onto the poorer side in mm-hmm. her relationships. And there's this one scene where um, the the boy, I don't remember his name, um, but anyway, he is, hey, do I fit in with your family? You uh, know, the- could I fit in at this party? 
And you could tell she pauses and you can tell she just pacifies him mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. she doesn't think he fits in, that this isn't a long term relationship for mm-hmm. her. And I think she definitely takes after her father in that way. Yeah. Yeah, the two year booty call. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. the mom and the son are definitely more flighty. Um, they just live their lives kind of thing, you know? So. I don't know, maybe half and half. But but again, it's not like, oh, you deserve death kind of thing. You right. know, it's more like, eh, if you like ripped your pants, I wouldn't feel bad at laughing at you kind of thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> such a such a wide Like wide when that car <laughs> goes by the puddle and splashes you, it becomes exactly. really funny. I'm yeah. totally okay with that. But I don't want like <laughs> bodily harm right. on them you don't want to you know there's not through the chest just like <laughs> inconvenient humiliation you want to well, be I, drawn and quartered again i think that because again drama mr drama geek doesn't watch uh korean dramas that much and so uh, kmu's in my perspective might be a little bit different but like as when it comes to a rich family They're they actually bad. they weren't as bad as we've seen they weren't evil in that in your face, evil, like he probably hit somebody and killed your mom back in the past. And now it's a secret. And then it comes to light that, Oh, he ran over your mom and he doesn't care. And he's going to try to kill you multiple times too, to keep he's it gonna done. Try to kill you we're going to double poor. down. <laughs> so yep. when we're comparing what we've seen with Chable families and rich family, cause they weren't even a Chable family. They were just a rich family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were just whatever. Yeah. But so no, in that aspect, they weren't bad, like that evil. But I do feel like, again, I think I think the just lucky type thing and entitlement did. I don't again, I don't feel like they needed a, a knife through the chest or anything like that. But it was I totally OK with the other family living off them and taking advantage of them. Yeah, I kind of was. <laughs> Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, so, you know, uh, K-Muse is right. I'm going to pick on uh, the character was uh, Park Dong-Ik, the, the dad, CEO, Mr. IT guy. So he... Who's what? played by, I just really want to say, he's played by the um, deep voice guy from My Mister, and he was the second lead in Coffee Prince and all of that. He is one that yeah, Lee, I don't Lee always... Yeah, Kyun. Yeah, I don't always like because he, he is really good at just being kind of scuzzy. Like he's, oh, yeah. He's really and, good. And he I totally think that's what... is pro-scuzzy. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's not the best leading man because I'm always like, mm. <laughs> but I think his ability to be scuzzy on flipping it on a, like a, yes. on a dime yeah, no, was what made that. that character so mm-hmm. great because he was supposed to be charming and likable and 95% of the time he was. And then every now and then you, you, his character would slip. And I don't mean like the, the acting no, portrayal. No, I mean like was... the, the, the flaw in the person. Like I have this <clears throat> idea that, you know, all of us are good people when things are going the way we want. Everybody can be nice, but you don't really display character and who you are until something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And similarly, he was a great example of this. Like when everything's going the way he wants, he was so charming and smooth mm-hmm. and nice and a good and dad, a good dad yeah. and like all this. And then the moment somebody would challenge him just enough, like really toward the end when, when, uh, when, you know, uh, poor dad is watching his daughter bleed out 
and is trying to uh, uh, rescue her. And yeah. Rich Dad is like, give me the keys, give me the keys, give me the keys. He flipped that switch again, or even just a few minutes before that, where he's like, oh, you really do love your wife. You're you're going to do this ridiculous, you know, Native American role play for right. her. And, and, you know, he's trying to like coax out of him a redeemable moment of like, yeah, yeah, I'm a good guy. I do love my family. He was like, instead of responding, yeah, I love my family. It was like, I'm paying you. Shut up. Yeah. No, and it was definitely like he, he, he like sat that down <laughs> and was like, no, it doesn't matter if I love my wife or not. You're doing what I'm telling you to. Mm. And so I think that in that same way, deep down, he was a bad guy, period. Like he just was a jerk. Um, whereas everybody else in the rich family was very redeemable to a degree. Um, or in the case of even, even the daughter, hers was conditioning again. Mm-hmm. You know, she was raised that way to, to be ruthless and get what she wants and so on. But the dad was like... He was conditioned. He was raised that way too. So absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. But yeah. but he he also has the accountability of, of being an adult, I guess, right. at that point. Because right. so, at, at some point we all have to acknowledge our own conditioning and make choices based off that. Right. No. But yeah, he was a jerk. <laughs> I think it's interesting that out of all the characters, he's the one that's not. Yet, I'm sorry, but the poor dad left a woman in the basement to die and didn't, <laughs> and didn't like, right. Didn't even like, he was just like, it'll work out. He knew she was going to die. Yeah. Fully expected fully knew he was, she that was she was die. dead and that, that he was going to have to deal with the consequences of it, that, that not having a plan, but also not looping the family and like protecting them by, <laughs> right. by keeping them just distant enough from that, like plausible deniability was all he needed to, to know to be like, all right, my family will be okay. I'll I'll take the blame. Right. I totally just killed that lady. <laughs> I don't even know if he meant to take the blame though. He I think it was more I'll take care of the situation and clean it up. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, I definitely don't think he was in there to be like, okay, I'll I'll take the fall for this no, one. No, there there was definitely you know? no honor among thieves in like the as, entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as and the, his family said he's a cockroach. He's gonna be the first to scurry away. <laughs> Well, and that's because, again, his family just they didn't see that final bit of it. So he just they just thought, I mean, yes, the mom kicked her down the stairs. So she had to know something was like, wrong yeah, because I mean, I guess technically the mom killed her then, huh? No, yeah. I mean, if yeah, well, I mean, it was a joint effort. That was, I mean, it was a team effort for sure. But <laughs> like, she kicked her down the stairs and then he tied her up and her just head. left her. Yeah. But he, yeah. So the rest of them didn't quite know the extent of it, although the character played by Che Wushik, the son, the poor son, he had every intention of helping out and finishing off what needed to be finished off when he took that rock down oh, yeah. there. So, he was like, I, so have I think to, the daughter, yeah. uh, Park Slowdown's character, that whatever her name was, Jessica. Yeah, she went by Jessica. Most innocent. Jessica, was Jessica was the most Kevin. innocent out of everybody. Kevin is the name they gave her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kevin was the him. son. Like, oh, we're going to call you Kevin. Yeah, And yeah. that was like, that was one of the first, like, what English name would you like to go by? No, they didn't even ask that. We're just going to call you Kevin. Yeah, not Kim Ki-woo, which was his character name. Yeah, but he but, was yeah. teaching, he was teaching English. Yes. So yes, yes. they want their kid to use the English name. Yep. So anyway, um, I, 
I think we've kind of already covered the next question, but a little bit, but like did the idea of the poor being parasites to the rich resonate with you. And I mean, again, at that, that part of the, of the movie, I was totally on board for them being, <laughs> being parasites. Although not necessarily the husband in the basement, cause they were parasites as well. Mm-hmm. And they, the, so there are all of them were kind of parasites off of that, but it's kind of one of the things you have to ask yourself, were they really just kind of getting some of the things that they, that the, fa- the rich family didn't deserve to have that maybe they deserved to have, but they couldn't get it because society was against them or not. So I kind of liked that, that commentary or that idea of, yeah, they might've been parasites, but you know what? Parasites in a, in the definition of how they survive, like they have to have that, <laughs> Mm-hmm. that host and yeah. so because the way society is they almost have to have something else to be able to survive so that's my uh that'll be my opinion whatever on it so. <laughs> so what i enjoyed about the show is it gave you kind of multiple layers of being a parasite mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. the layer of they're rich the other people are poor they needed jobs so of course they're employed by the people that are better off with them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's just life. I think for the most part, unless you're one of the 1%, you know, you work for someone mm-hmm. and it kind of trickles down, but then they became literal parasites where they're stealing food. The other, um, housekeeper before would snag some money. They're literally living in the basement and taking the rich people's stuff mm-hmm. Which isn't necessarily the social norm. Right. Um, So it had these layers of parasitical situations. And you have your one that's accepted, you know, having a job, even conning them into getting your family jobs. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like totally on board for that. But once it's a situation where you're like living in their unknown basement and, (laughs) you know, creeping around their house while they're not there is so creepy. And it, yeah, it just like was like blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> the poor kid. The poor kid. Oh my god, that was the best. Well, yeah, and you saw, saw the, the ghost kid, like, in the middle of the night. Mental harm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think that was one of my favorite moments of watching the movie. Was like the three of us literally laughed out loud when the kid spots the ghost at his birthday party and passes out, and. Everybody else in that theater, because I think they just didn't connect with the the dark comedy moment of that, were so <laughs> were so quiet and like shocked from just what was happening that like the three of us are like, Baha! and everybody else is like, "What the heck? Oh it's my god!" Funny. He it was sees funny. The ghost from and then his he passes out passed. and then freaks out. Like well, it and just. I think- Drama Geek, you should give an explanation of the ghost the first time and the second time. So people <laughs> kind of know what we're talking so about, it, not just ghosts. He, okay, so he's, uh, one of his birthdays, uh, like a year ago or whatever before this happens, he is uh, late at night getting some of his birthday cake. He's like sitting on the kitchen floor getting his birthday cake and the stairs are connected to the kitchen. The stairs that lead down to the basement, which also leads down to an even further uh, basement. And so he's eating and all of a sudden the old housekeeper's husband is being kept in the basement. Hiding from loan sharks. Hiding from loan sharks. And he comes up 
and scares the crap out of the kid and the kid thinks that he's a ghost. And so that's part of the reason that the sister ends up getting hired and everything is like because or the how she cons her is like, oh, we need to do some art therapy because he's mm-hmm. obviously had a tragic event that's happened <laughs> in his past. Um, but so he has that and then it's his birthday again. So they went camping for his birthday. It rained, didn't work out. And so for his birthday, they have another party. They're trying to heal him and make it all happy. And he ends up seeing a blood covered ghost. Who just is been the like same- a life and death fist fight with <laughs> yeah. everyone. <laughs> the same guy who was in the basement sees the ghost and just passes out right there. So it was a pretty funny. I mean, it, it was, was dark. It There's was so really much funny, crazy but it was like stuff up. going on, like people stabbed and all that kind of stuff. But it was a funny moment. It was. So it, we laughed. Yeah. <laughs> so the the idea of parasite that was um, for me, it like like uh, Camus was saying, there were so many layers to it, like mm-hmm. the stealing of food, the the family itself being directly living off of them, but it was also um, a good use of the word and commentary on how in many in the US and in in South Korea that rung of society that that you know for lack of a better way of putting it welfare recipient or like you know poor person is seen as a parasite a drag on the entire society mm. and of no value and watching um watching them scramble to save anything as they're continually wiped out by the most mundane um circumstances a rainstorm Mm -hmm. you know and as they're walking away from the house trying to regroup and figure out how do we survive this chaos um you know you that scene took a long time and it really did show in a way the the stratification of the society that it starts out like everything's so easy and then as they go down the big staircase, it's like, wow, that looks uncomfortable. And then they get into this area where the rain starts dumping onto trash piles mm-hmm. and things are getting bad, but they're still not even, they're halfway home. Right. You know? And that was a good example of, you know, showing where these people really live and where they're placed on those rungs of society mm-hmm. and then keep going down and you've got neighbors who are scrambling and getting flooded but they're still only ankle deep. Mm-hmm. And then they keep going down and they're they're having to swim through the pool yeah, water the, uh, to get to their family. Their basement they are, apartment the bottom was, rung. Yeah, they were the yeah, um, they were is what what I feel like the director was portraying though. Is mm-hmm. like this is this is as bad as it gets while still having a home. Right. In yeah. South Korea is, is it was a way of kind of visually saying that. Yeah. Um and 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 calling them a parasite and and it, it gives it such a negative connotation and such a like worthless, you're a terrible person. You're just a, a leech on society, but then showing what just a little bit of luck and the skills they already possess show that, that, that there are, they really the parasites or is it the rich who are, you know, is it the rich who are, taking all the wealth away right. from all of right. these masses that they're that they're hoarding their that the wealth is being leached to this top one percent mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that they get to have all this fancy cake and the the marbled beef and their ramen and all the the best of any ingredients and things um while everybody else 
becomes anemic and starving like a like a a dog with a starved dog with a bad case of fleas you know Mm -hmm. is it the rich that are parasites on the poor or is it the poor that are being the parasites on the rich well and that was one of the things with the family is that each one of them had there not been the old housekeeper and the dude in the basement they might not have been found out because they were actually pretty decent at their jobs like they Mm -hmm. had the skill set to, to be doing their jobs. Yeah, that you know, they might have lied a little bit with the art and like therapy, but hey, the kid did need something. <clears throat> so she was providing it. And for he got him, you know? better. Like the kid was like bowing at the table <laughs> and like immediately straightening <laughs> up and like Right. Right. So again, they were all good at their jobs. They were they it with a little luck, with a little bit of just a slightly different thing, they would have yeah. been... the coffee mug turning the corner as as dad is is getting the test drive. Yes, you know, yeah, and he's like yeah. he's, he was he's testing him, but he driver. wasn't testing him. But yeah, he was. Yeah, a great, he was. He was a good driver, and he. They all were were good at the job that they stole from somebody else. <laughs> 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 but that's yeah. So I agree. Which leads us into our other conversation. Um, the story introduced two different families: our lead family, as well as the older housekeeper and her husband. Li- and they were both living off this rich family. Rather than join together and all living off the largest, they battle against each other, which leads to multiple deaths. What are our th- thoughts on that? Um, <laughs> that was a hard one because it's just kind of like, what the heck? Where where do you go from, oh, crap, you stole my job, to I'm going to murder you all and like go Edgar Allan Poe and bury you in the basement? And that um, was a collide, like a, a domino effect of events. Like it, it was, really would it not have been like the rain, like the rainstorm in the middle of it. But even leading up to that, like that they had all been drinking, so they were all extremely drunk by the time mm-hmm. that she comes Nobody over. Nobody was making good choices. Nobody was making good choices. They were already really drunk by the time she comes over, and then the family coming home early and having to scramble for that. Like it, it was just this like fight or flight type of thing we're gonna survive right now and then we're gonna deal with whatever happens later so again i don't think the mom intended to kill to knock her down the stairs quite like that but it was just a like you need to be out of the way boom i'm gonna kick you down the stairs (laughs) it was kind of funny yet again i laughed (laughs) (laughs) that one i think everybody laughed when they it was like a Ah, like it was we were laughing but she did just kick her down the stairs so yeah the initial kick was really funny and then the thud at the bottom was like oh yeah we were laughing while she was falling and then when she landed we were like oh and if the housekeeper's husband wasn't such a crazy pants because he's been living in the basement for years right you know, because he has no outside communication or anything. Like, occasionally he'll look out the window with his wife. Right. And yeah. it's like, it, I think it drove him a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. You could kind of see that. Um, it, it was interesting. Because, like, if they were rational, if they had communicated, they probably could have figured out a way to all survive. Right. But just because of as you said, a fight, flight or fight situation, it went really, really bad mm-hmm. and well, dark. And I think so many times just from a social commentary side point, um, the rich are constantly pitting one class of poor against another class of mm-hmm. poor in our society. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes 
we're fighting it out with each other rather than going against a genuine common enemy on those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And that's not to say that rich are the enemy, you know, but in, in this instance, it, it makes sense that, that, um, you know, when you're, when you're forced to make decisions based solely off your survival, you're not, you know, thinking of what's best for anyone and everyone involved. And, uh, and yeah, we're, we're always finding ourselves in, in a position where, you know, whether it's politically, economically, socially, religiously, sexual orientation, any, anything, oftentimes so many aspects of our society are divided. And many times it's the people in the greatest position and power of, of any of those structures that are forcing and addressing those divisions, but not in a way of healing, but in a way of like, if we can continue to keep them bickering amongst themselves, Mm -hmm. then we can just keep pushing forward what we do and they'll, they won't get in our way. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, I'm going to have to be the time police a little bit here, but (laughs) (laughs) so how did the director use the house as a prop to create tension? And um, I know that Mr. Drama Geek was looking this stuff up and I had already seen something on it. I can't remember where I saw it, but the house does not exist. It's it is a set. They did create the house specifically for this movie. And knowing that I'm like, okay, that visually everything about it. Even the angle of how the sunlight comes in was planned as a set. Ah, Like they they made sure that the window was placed in a certain direction so that the sunlight would come into the house from certain Certainly. angles. Yeah, um, so you had, because again, <clears throat> when you think about the movie, it, most of it, almost all of it took place either at the poor people's house in their base uh, basement apartment or at their house. Some There are a few scenes here and there at other places, but most of the time it was that, those contrasts of those two places. And so um, they just brilliantly use the house um for visual uh just different scenes the way they were shot the way they were even like the the scene with the kid outside in the rain with his teepee and i still don't understand how that teepee kept out all the water that was coming down but anyway (laughs) (laughs) and the the full back because the whole back end of the room is glass um, so you yeah. see the full backyard from that room and, and the trees pivotal, and uh, the pivotal part of the debt, like this very big spiral, almost all of that happens in the living room too. Like some really uncomfortable conversations with the, uh, them under the, the table and the family, uh, the big at uh, the backyard party at the end where, you know, all of the, um, stabbing happens and everything <laughs> like and then the stairs that come down from the um the uh, kitchen and the dining room area and everything and the if you see some of the previews because I, I don't i guess i didn't really even watch the previews before i went to the movie but like when you see the person walking up the stairs and the way they created that so you could only see the top of the person's head as they're coming up the stairs from down mm-hmm. below it was just such a, a wonderful visual um 
it was just the amazingly yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. I think the contrast between the windows too, like you had the poor family who mm-hmm. had a window that was about six inches by 12 inches. And their view and was their a guy view peeing. was the same guy getting drunk every couple nights and peeing on their house um, versus this window that is, you know, bigger than most people's bedroom walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, looking out over pristinely manicured um natural landscaping mm-hmm. um you know was was the 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 sets were as much a, a character in mm-hmm. the film and and were very much on purpose and and told a lot of the story for the director mm-hmm. yeah okay muse <laughs> you still there I, I am here. It's I the drama here. geek show. No, well, it's kidding. funny because we're not all in the same room, so I can't see you. Because usually, like, you know. I've been using my all... hands a lot today. So you're not getting the, like, visual. I'm not getting the full <laughs> drama geek experience. I know. I don't know why you can't hear me nodding at you all the time. <laughs> um, I have to agree. I love, as you, as our listeners know, I am, like, a fanatic about good directing Mm -hmm. and this was superb directing it was so impressive the feel of coldness of the house itself like it didn't feel like a home almost right Uh, it was a place just where people recited and it felt very ominous even when you have that bright sun coming out of the window it felt ominous Mm -hmm. um the way they used which was totally creepy, but somehow the lighting system was connected down to the subtunnel, mm-hmm. and the person who lived down there felt the urge to say hello to the master of the house every time he came in. So he would do it through Morse code through these lights that he would turn on, <laughs> and it was they were so freaking creepy, and just there was so something just so ominous about the house it kind of felt like you knew someone was going to die in that house well and it almost felt like so the rich I family didn't truly it belong there either that they were just kind of another one of the just random occupants of this like mm. character that had its own will mm-hmm. exactly well and and you could see that when it switched to a different family in the end after all the killings you know, it felt the exact same. Yeah. It felt ominous. It was creepy. And so I love how they use the house as the set for all these things that happened. Um, so, yeah, highly appreciated the directing. You're next, Mr. John. Am I? Am you I? are. I'm, I'm, we're still talking about the set? No. No. Uh, or where? No. You, you, who? Oh, wait. Yeah, no, it was me and you who talked about the set, then came and then it now it's turn. the next question, and oh, you're the, the one question? that oh, intros I'm, it. Ah. <laughs> you gotta the keep por- your I eyes... I don't know what's going on on this stuff. You know All what? Right. We've tested it out. When we don't use an outline like, like this, it can make Get the podcast really long, and we talk over each other too much. So We haven't done that already? We have, okay. but you need to stick to the... <laughs> it's my fault. <laughs> but not compared to how we used to. So. Ah. Okay, so the poor family eventually ends up evading the police and living in the hidden basement like the a father, real apocalypse. The, the dad. Yeah, anyway. the dad. Yeah, the dad. Um, of the rich house. Is this uh, realistic or uh, just hyperbole or a metaphor for the movie? I think the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> that it's all of those things. It's completely realistic, completely 
unrealistic, completely ridiculous. Um, and yet based on the world and the house that was created for this scenario, what other choice did he have? Uh, it, it, it was kind of a brilliant ending. Um, uh, and the idea that the son was like, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to have a plan. This whole no plan thing is stupid. I'm going to mm-hmm. buy this place and I'm going to set you free. Um, but not really. Cause even the son understanding that plan knew that, that his life would be much like the crazy, uh, husbands in the basement that, you know, yeah, you can come out every now and then and see the the window, but you're never going outside again, yeah. you know, but that's, that's better than a life in prison or this and that, at least in, in but all of their is minds. It? And yeah. no, we've watched yeah. dramas Definitely about people not. in prison <laughs> and their lives are not that bad. <laughs> I mean, we could argue the, the, how bad prison is. It's pretty bad, but is it, well, is it, it is. crazy it is. person in a, in an unlit, you know, no basement, thing i think that's worse worse. yeah it's his own there's no visitation but uh, yeah no no unless they get a job there and realistically (laughs) the dad is is almost doomed to starve to death um in that long before the plan ever plays out Mm. you know it's just unrealistic that he's gonna uh uh, or be caught because again like to, to manage to get food in and out in a in a timely fashion, any kind of handful of days before. I was going to say, in, yeah. a, in a consistent, like yeah. on a consistent yeah. he's, basis. He's, yeah. he's doomed. It kind of makes me creeped out that there might be someone living in a subterranean <laughs> level of my house. There's nobody. <laughs> I mean, I have people living above me, but that's just the apartment. So. I don't know how so, much creepy they are, though. So final thoughts. Would we recommend this? Did we enjoy it? Um, I would highly recommend it. Uh, be aware that there was some stuff that definitely made it R. So if you're squeamish, maybe it's not for you. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. It was a great evening out. So for me, I have to say, I have to uh, two different ones. If you're a drama watcher and you're like, oh, Che Wushik is in it and Park So Dumb. And I like, I want to see it for the that. Like, that's probably not why you're going to want to go see it because, you know, his the his character is not your Hogu's love at all. Um, <laughs> he's not I mean, he's not terrible or anything, but he's definitely it's different. But um, from a story and just at, just if you're just looking at as a movie, it is brilliant. It's an excellent um take on just so many different things. And it's not just like because sometimes when you when you look at something and you're like, Oh, it's socioeconomic commentary and blah, blah, blah. Like that shuts people like turns people off and they don't want to see it. But if you're just looking at it from an enjoyable story, it's also just an enjoyable story to watch. Mm-hmm. Like just Agreed. watching the family yeah. and everything unravel. And then at, towards the end, it all just kind of like boom, 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 boom happens. And then you're, you leave and you're like, Oh wow. And then you kind of think about a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about throughout this. But if you're just looking on an entertainment per, uh, aspect of it, it's very entertaining, extremely entertaining. Yeah. So I have to agree. Like I didn't even think of all the commentary till we were getting ready for this podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably look at it deeper. <laughs> yeah we we tend to talk about it's stuff like but yes we were talking about all of that on the way home but we had also gone into it you know listening for your npr and all that kind of stuff so we were kind of seeing it from that aspect a little bit but yeah so i would definitely recommend it but it's not one that just based on oh i want to see so and so in it 
that that wouldn't necessarily be why you would going were going to see it, even though everybody was brilliant in it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So for me, I would highly, highly recommend it, but for a lot of different reasons, um, you know, reason number one for all the listeners out there who have the significant others in their lives who are like eye rolling every time they hear the words K drama, which by the way, that's um, not Mr. Drama, which is not me, so. but so many <laughs> of the spouses out there. He just doesn't watch that many just, things. Some so. of, yeah, I don't get through a lot of TV and the ones I do watch, I, I watch, you know, like this darker stuff mostly. So some of the K dramas, they're just not meant for me right. and that's okay. okay. Um, that said, this is the kind of movie that may get some of those significant others interested mm -hmm. um, because it it is um, less bubblegum and definitely more meat and potatoes on a lot of aspects of things. Which also, there are a lot of meat and potato dramas. There are no, that. I know. I'm in the middle of what's what's the one with uh, Stranger? Yes, a Forest Stranger. of Secrets. But that's because I have this big big thing for Duna, Duna Bay. Bay. That's yeah. a whole nother <laughs> podcast. Um, um, so she's such a badass. Uh, the the other. I'm so proud of you. We made it through. I the, made it the almost whole. through the whole podcast <laughs> without a bleep. Um, there is no so, bleep. So well, I can make a bleep. Um, and it wasn't me this time. Yay! <laughs> so um, the other reason I would recommend it is is just outside of being a brilliant film, it absolutely is. Outside of all the commentary, it's worth all the conversation that it can and will start um, is uh, representation in, in various societies. I think that, um, that it's already been nominated for South Korea's pick for the Academy Awards for international film. Mm. So, you know, it's going to be up against um, some pretty amazing movies. Um, already this year that I've been hearing some buzz on um, that I can't remember the names of, so I won't get into it. Um, but I really hope that they win the Oscar for this because they already won the highest award for the Cannes Film Festival. They won numerous other awards. This movie is is one of those standalone movies that um, is going to be the film that South Korea is remembered for for a handful of years. Like, mm. it's going to be a standout film of perhaps the decade um, for them. And that's not to say that there aren't a zillion other fantastic films that are merit, you know, just as much praise and, and uh, are worthy of being watched. It's just this one happens to be hitting all the right buttons at all the right times um, in just a brilliant, artful way. Oh. I think we had a technical issue. Oh, minor technical issue. So, yeah, those are my final thoughts. Okay, even though K-Muse has dropped out, we'll call her back later, but I can finish this up without her, so we're just going to uh -huh. record. So thanks for joining us for the episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. If there is a specific actor or theme you would like us to discuss, then let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you, and talking is so much faster than typing. Mm -hmm.